Hey guys, we are back again with another episode on Psycho Oncology with Alipi Singh and today we will be discussing on psycho oncology from the perspective of family members and loved ones of patients. So let's get started. Welcome to the show again Alipi Singh. It's a pleasure to be back again. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. So when a patient is diagnosed with cancer family mm-hmm. members does not let patients know about the condition so mm-hmm. when do you think the patient should be informed about it see it's a very personal decision mm-hmm. and um, in the indian scenarios it's the family that comes to know first of the diagnosis than the patient and it's actually the other way around abroad if you see so uh, i mean the patient if they're not being letting to be known about their condition it's uh, debilitating for them in a lot of factors so it's better that we find a comfortable and a suitable situation and we break the news to them because uh, even they themselves feel that they are deteriorating day by day their health is deteriorating and if they're not given the correct answer as to why their health is going down and down every single day i think that creates more confusion and leads to a lot of depression and stress in a person's mind which is breaking the resilience the, the, their resilience to fight against the disease actually mm-hmm. so sooner the better so you break the news to them with the help of the doctor or you if if you have access to a psychologist or a psychologist so it's it's better to do that with the help of some people if you are not able to do it on your own do you think we need to certain things in mind before informing yes ab- absolutely 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 if the per- if the patient is in a very vulnerable state at the moment of time so perhaps you want to delay breaking the news to them say a couple of days or a couple of weeks or um if if the patient is uh, say too strong and in denial of not yeah. accepting to have had a very deadly disease so it's uh, it's it's better to uh, you know sometimes give them a more of a practical experience and then play a little game like we used to do we used to connect the dots so it's like oh, uh, tell them one thing today connect it with something else tomorrow and then you know give them uh, give them a little bit of pace and a little bit of momentum so they are moved towards that prepare them well or perhaps you could you know start showing them some very positive examples of people who have had this disease and have uh, you know come out in remission so you could do that so remission is basically a cancer free state after the treatment so uh, yeah so you could show them uh, that those examples or uh, perhaps you know you could prepare them in a way where uh, you have actually given them the mathematical equation metaphorically saying and you know they deduce the answer themselves right. so so there are a lot of ways and them not everything would be suitable for everyone so you have to really find out oh, yeah and since you are a near and loved one of the patient so you know them better personality wise so you know how things will get done so if it's a male counterpart you know who has to be told about their diagnosis so they may come out as very brave and right. and and they may not be very accepting towards their diagnosis 
so you have to put it in a way that you know they, it doesn't hurt their ego and it it doesn't uh, point towards their uh, braveness mm-hmm. and and it's it's more of like okay uh, you've got this but we know how to deal with it right. and the same applies for a person who is too emotionally uh, broken down at that moment or is or is, or is, uh, is very scared okay if you've got this there are so many options to deal with it and you will be all better yeah okay does it ever happen like if the patient there might be a possibility that the patient might pretend to be positive but not actually positive so how do you deal in such that's cases that's 99.99% of the times actually mm-hmm. that the patient pretends to be positive and strong about it but they are not so uh if a person is going through this uh this kind of a uh, phase and they come to a psycho oncologist it's very common for them to actually just say it out out loud they would just say that i'm being strong for my family but i don't know how to deal with it so you know then there are uh, you, you use the same tools as you use in general psychology so you you may use any psychotherapy technique you may use cognitive behavioral therapy or rebt or mindfulness or you know these days a lot of uh, art based therapies are coming up there's play therapy there's right. drama therapy there's music therapy so and and of course you give them a good environment in which they feel free and able to talk about anything they want to so what happens is um, after a couple of sessions or for some people it may take a longer time also even if it's months so you let them be comfortable with the fact that it's okay to not pretend to be strong all the time so once they are you know comfortable with this scenario then it's okay to bring in their family so you can actually ask that patient if they want to deal with their family on their own or they want your support yeah. if they opt that yes they can talk to their family uh, also in certain scenarios uh, there might be a possible oh my god what if it gets relapsed yes so that's that is what is uh, commonly known as the fear of recurrence so uh, mostly fear of recurrence is dealt with uh, cognitive behavioral therapy techniques So if you go into the detail of CBT you would know that it actually uh you know points out at the point of the thought which has come automatically in your mind So while the person has been in therapy we definitely give them a lot of techniques to cope up with that automatic thought and the related or the allied uh, emotions and physical Uh, implications to that so uh, with recurrence if the person has already been in therapy they would have the techniques to cope up with those auto- automatic thoughts mm-hmm. but if there is uh, i mean they haven't been through therapy before and they don't know how to deal with it and it's the first time that they are feeling that fear of recurrence mm-hmm. so and, and because uh, due to lack of uh, technology as such there is nothing that tells us if we would have cancer again or not mm-hmm. after cure of it once so um, it's a very common uh, scenario and in that again uh, such techniques would be employed so that uh, first of all they will be made to believe 
made to have them see their reports all over again made to see the scans made to consult with the doctors so that they can be you know assured of the fact that yes they are absolutely cancer free now and there is a very less chance of cancer coming back so you can show them the statistics you can have patient groups of uh, the patients who have had similar cancers and now are now cancer free since a long number of years for a large number of years so they can talk to them so it's actually uh, more of confidence building and then giving them the techniques to control the automatic thought of fear when it comes to them so that is how we deal with fear of recurrence yeah so it's all about taking the right approach exactly uh, so how about family members detecting emotional problems in patients because every patient is different and as we discussed mm-hmm. earlier that uh, there might be a possibility that patient might feel positive and when he mm-hmm. or she is not positive actually mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so how do every, you think yeah. so every person presents themselves differently mm-hmm. a person who is an introvert forever mm-hmm. and has been diagnosed so you would see them uh, withdrawing from social gatherings withdrawing from their family cutting off from their children or parents or spouse not opening up about things lately so but then uh, these things would be normal for a person who was introvert before also right whereas a person who is an extrovert or for example a person who is you know quite equivocal or quite uh, i mean open about speaking about their feelings normally so if they have started yelling and started agitate getting agitated and you know for example throwing things away or yelling at their wives or yelling at their husbands and mothers and children like that so mm-hmm. it would be quite normal for them so it's basically the family's duty or i mean their um, responsibility to understand that okay this person is like that and what is normal and abnormal behavior for their member right so first is that second is even if they know their person very well there are definitely some cues that the family members can follow hmm. like i said withdrawal cutting off being secluded in a small space hmm. um not going to work regularly or you know in some cases people might start smoking people might start consuming alcohol more often than they used to or they might suddenly get into a lot of uh, abnormal or weird for them activities they might start driving rashly so these are some cues that you need to follow or a person might get very frustrated with everything around them and a person might get too physical sometimes so these are some cues which are mostly ignored thinking that these will come normally with the cancer diagnosis but these are some points if these go to extreme limits mm-hmm. then that is the time the family should recognize that yes this person needs some help so also uh, it is not just the cancer themselves going through all the distress it is Absolutely. their spouse their kids family members friends Absolutely. all the close ones Absolutely. who are in this journey so Absolutely. they too have unmet needs and high level 
So psycho-oncology absolutely at different stages of uh, treating the patients or uh, helping the patients mm-hmm. actually involve their family and children a lot. So 50% of the times the sessions would be individual face-to-face with the patients mm-hmm. and 50% of the times the, pa- the sessions will be with the family members. Mm-hmm. So that gets covered automatically. with uh, dealing with the unmet need of the families if required if there is a queue from the family side we may even talk to the family or meet with them and discuss about their needs and the distress they are going through without the presence of the patient also okay. yeah and with children comes a little more a difficult aspect because most of the times families and the patient would not want uh, the children to be involved in their diagnosis or letting them know or involving them in the decision making so if it's a very small kid if it's an infant so we can actually not do anything about it because even the infant would not have the understanding of the severity of the problem right kids who are above 5 6 years of age mm-hmm. it's better to you know gradually trickle them down into the situation mm-hmm. and start building a lot of resilience in them so resilience can be built through a uh, practical doings and telling them things in the normal world also for example going to a toy store and not buying a toy every time right you know you can just tell them that okay if you like this i would probably postpone buying it for your birthday or buying it for diwali or buying it for new years right so and i mean, to to have them learn the fact that every time they enter into the store they would not be made to buy a toy is also a part of bring you know inculcate inculcating resilience in a child right so these such steps should be taken actually from the very beginning with the kid but in such a case where the parent is a cancer uh, diagnosed patient we need to slowly i mean it should be one baby step at a time because see children are extremely 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 observant if you think that they would not notice their parents deteriorating health mm-hmm. you are wrong at that time so they observe things very well and they understand it very well that yes something is wrong so it's better to give them an answer as to what was wrong or what is wrong rather than they having to blame themselves in the coming years for their parents bad health right So any quick first aid tips that you would like to suggest when a patient starts to behave abnormally uh quick yeah. first aid would be you know surround them with a lot of people mm. because when they're surrounded with a lot of people a lot of time it's seen that even cancer patients would lead I um, mean have a lot of suicidal ideation mm. so if they're not alone they cannot uh, take such steps or people who are depressed uh, you know even if you don't have to you know talk to them all the time you don't have to involve them in activities all the time but at least have them sit in the open or work in the open where 
there is a lot of light you can see them through all the angles of the house or of that place mm-hmm. so you know and the moment there is an abnormal behavior someone or the other can notice and report it and then of course the next step is to you know take them to a specialist a mental health specialist normally it so happens that we are uh, secluding ourselves from our families we are always on our mobiles we are always on our desktop always at work like mm. even if you are you are thinking about the work mm. you are not actually being with the family you mm. are there but you're not there mm-hmm. but doing just a little simple step just being there with the patient can be a huge task exactly exactly so in certain scenarios which is very common nowadays yeah i think just spending time with your family can be a huge task mm-hmm, absolutely so what would you like to say what is your take on that so absolutely spending time with the family i put it as a priority because in this time we are so much self involved with the work and with money and the fast paced life Right. and you know and you know the 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 race to stand up to the standards of social media these days right we are so consumed by it we are so consumed by it so you know forcefully allocate a time when you spend it with your family so and we are getting so cut off with the families these days we don't know what happens in everyone in the next house and okay. some day some news comes and we are all devastated oh nothing was like that and what what happened and why would have it happened mm-hmm. you were not aware of it it's actually our own problem so as important as it is to spend time with the family especially if a person is now distressed with having a deadly disease mm-hmm. i would like to add on to this point that it is also equally important to give them their own space let them have some you know me time right let them be locked inside their room and let them introspect let them do whatever they want to because a lot of times not everyone would be comfortable with having a lot of people all the time around them right that's absolutely okay you know even on a normal hectic day i would not want to be surrounded with a lot of friends of mine all the time mm-hmm. it's okay to give them space but not so much that they start secluding themselves so much and then uh, you know finally they take some harmful step towards their health or they're totally cut off and totally withdrawn it should not also be to that extreme another thing is you know rather than just um saying i'm there for you I'll do anything for you. It's better to show them with your action. Right. Absolutely. So, you know, just saying I'm there for you, okay, you give me a call even at 2 a.m. in the night, I will be there for you. It's it's much much better to, you know, give them the confidence in yourself with your action. For yeah, example, like it said action speaks louder than words. Action speaks louder than words. Yeah. so you know uh, set them on a food service if they don't have any resources or take them for an appointment once or you know refill their prescription for once so some small actions whatever is in your worth 
just do those things rather than just saying you are there for them so uh handling pain is not easy how do you think one should deal with it it can be okay so you you're talking about the mental pain yeah mental pain the internal battle that uh, anyone that goes through with any yeah. kind of rejection or any kind of pain or yes. losing someone your loved ones how do you think one should deal with that we use all the psychology that we have learned here mm-hmm. so there's nothing which uh, goes specially different for psychoncology mm-hmm. so you have them reveal their feelings first and then it's actually um you know getting them acquainted to know that to feel such a f- uh, an emotion is actually normal mm-hmm. to feel that rage after being rejected is normal mm-hmm. to feel that sadness after being fired out of a job is absolutely normal to feel guilty for having committed a mistake is normal so the better thing to do is because these days what is being seen is a little bit of rejection a little bit of showing someone down or you know a little bit of snubbing or a little bit of anger is creating so much rage in the society that people especially the youth has forgotten that a normal range of emotions is perfectly okay and then we need to draw and of course it's a fine line between a normal range of emotions and something which is considered psychologically pathological mm-hmm. so that difference is i think again as we were discussing yesterday has to be rooted in the value system and the education system mm-hmm. so right. when ha so when when such a patient comes it's 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 first the first step to do is make them understand that yes feeling this is absolutely normal and you have to deal with it mm. and once you deal with it it goes into your past and you will come up a better person so any men yeah. through that process and not just going to growing through that process growing and, through that process yeah. because these days what we want to do is we want to escape out of all the emotions So we are feeling sad. Okay, let's go out for a dinner. We are feeling a little blue. Let's go out for a movie. It's escaping the emotion. So rather than you can of course distract yourself. Of course you can do that. But there is a fine line between distraction and escaping. Distraction is to overcome an emotion, whereas escaping is to actually lock that emotion in a small box. and then that emotion will come up in much greater volumes at a later stage yeah so rather than escaping you actually go through and as you rightly said you actually grow through that emotion feel through it and just let that be in the past then because the there are certain emotions uh, which i don't know why it is ingrained in our minds that mm. if you cry or if you're sad if you're not uh, feeling great uh, you just pretend that you're happy and one cannot be happy all the time we all are humans exactly so this is ingrained from a very young age that you should pretend ha- to be happy even if you're not happy you should be pre- happy 
exactly you are blocking this from an early age what do you have to say to all the parents or anybody out there who tell their kids it's okay it's fine it'll be all right who does it take very seriously of whatever the emotions that child goes through to the parents i would actually you know want to suggest them that please do not bring your kids the way you were brought up mm, right i mean the way you were brought up has to be a a, li- a guideline that okay i will not bring up my kids the way we were brought up mm. because you know the systems have changed the times have changed and the understanding of the societal so called norms have changed right so at this moment we can't ask a child to not cry hmm. we cannot ask a child to not report if he or she was bullied at school you know if if a 10 years even 10 years back if a child came crying to his father saying that i was bullied maybe that child would have gotten two slaps thinking why didn't you answer back right right so and and so what happens eventually the child does not get a safe space now he knows that if next time he goes to his father reporting the same it's going to be all the more traumatic on him right so now he has no one to talk to so parents should make an environment which says whatever may happen you always come back to us and tell us even if you have committed a murder even if you have committed a sin to the highest of criminal acti- limits mm-hmm. you come back to us and tell us we are there for you so that the child you know has a safe space and you know about it then you can take whatever action you want to so make uh, i mean making a safe space and making your children resilient is the biggest thing that parents should actually start doing and telling especially you know boys oh don't cry like a girl mm-hmm. why are you walking like that why are you behaving like that or you are a boy you should be beating up people this right. is the thing sh- that should stop right away Can you please elaborate here more on resilience? Uh, let all our listeners know what resilience actually is. So resilience is nothing but making up your mind about something. Mm-hmm. As I uh, told you before, also that a child when he or she goes to a toy store, mm-hmm. and they will definitely like something from the store. but they have to be walked past out of it saying that not so that they understand that not every time we enter the toy store and everything we like will be bought for us right. you know a child for 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 a child even uh, the loss of the leg of the barbie doll is a big trauma exactly you know it's 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 their loss hmm. so to make them understand that okay it's okay for things to happen things will break mm. physical things will break so either you find a solution to join it back to fix it mm. or you make your way with it you may you make your peace with it right. and resilience should not become resistance 
so resilience is to make up your mind towards something but resistance is to act against something mm-hmm. now that uh, resistance could be towards any physical thing it could be towards an emotion it could be towards a person mm-hmm. with resistance there's another fine line uh because a lot of times what happens is when the pa- uh, when the child is taught to be strong mm-hmm. they would even a uh, kick off the normal emotions that they have right especially when they are seeded with you you are a boy you should not cry hmm. yeah so why is crying being tagged to being strong or being not strong being soft right it is just a normal flow of emotions let it out it's perfectly fine to cry so things like that i think should come in the educational system at our homes in schools and these things should be normalized these things should be normalized it's about time right and who's seeing that child in the closed room right and eventually what's going to happen is he is going to be secluded in that closed room there are going to be a lot of emotions in that closed room and they are going to one day burst open right right which is going to destroy their entire family and destroy that child altogether mentally it's going to have him question all the beliefs it's going to have him unlearn everything that that child had learned all their life long they won't be able to move forward with that and communicating during this difficult times can be quite tough how do you think a family members need to deal with it you know your person better so you know how they communicate for some people you know if they start eating they feel much comfortable they will start talking for someone it would be say a comfortable family gathering mm-hmm. for someone it would be just uh, in their room with their spouse or with their parent and talking about that or or people have their you know the, everyone has their own person mm-hmm. so i think it should be the responsibility of that person to actually take charge to be able to help that person start communicating about it communicating has to come from one self you cannot coerce a person to say something that would be punishment right yeah. so create, creating the safe environment mm-hmm. and making the person feel non judged making them feel comfortable and then up themselves right. so how important is social support here social support is a lot i mean it holds a lot of importance as well as you know social support comes free mm, okay yeah why do i say so is if we are strong enough in ourselves mm-hmm. we would not care about the type of social support that we would need mm. by social support here i mean the uh, the 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 judgment that society gives mm-hmm. 
because you know most of the times if it's uh, if it's an appendage related cancer or if you're losing your hair if you're losing a lot of weight so society mm-hmm. might start asking questions and there would be a lot of judgment for them mm-hmm. so to deal with it that is when i say social support is not that important mm-hmm. you have to be made strong by yourself but when it comes to social support with uh the friends around you mm-hmm. the people around you who are there to help you out in times of need that is when social support has to be on the top so uh, people who are you know the normal people they don't have the disease or if they know someone with the disease they should be very 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 compassionate towards that person mm-hmm. and kind towards that person instead of judging them why do they look like that or you know even in this age they think that if a person has cancer if they touch them or if they shake hands with them they'll get it <laughs> yeah these are normal beliefs oh my goodness <laughs> seriously 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 and then social support plays a lot of role in what we were talking about yesterday which is the financial toxicity that's right 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 so there could be and there are now they're engrossing their day by day so now we see a lot of social groups online as well as offline who you know what they pool their money all together and they want to uh, donate it to someone in need or there are a lot of ngos or there are a lot of small organizations or home based organizations or you know housewives saving from their monthly uh, allowance something and pooling up to give it to uh, people or to help people with their treatment or get some medicines or open a generic medicine bank something like this when this all is involved then social support is very 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 positive so one is physical social support another one is mental social support right so in mental social support i say be strong in yourself and do not care about what people think about your appearances mm. and for the society please don't be judgmental and be kind and compassionate towards everyone regardless of their disease or not as well as uh, whereas the physical uh, social support is concerned of course it's very important yeah i think it is all about the collective effort collective That's effort it. yes yeah thank you so much alfi for tuning in again and sharing such beautiful insights it's it's uh, an absolute pleasure to be talking with you thank you so much I think a lot of listeners and including me would be I mean it is a treasure that we are getting it from you. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm 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 these topics uh, are not normally which is discussed discussed yeah. And even on internet here and there if you find it I mean like we discussed the yesterday like it is just a new topic and in India especially mm-hmm. uh, these topics especially psycho oncology I don't think anywhere one has spoken on this earlier. Yeah, 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 that's right. I'm glad that you're doing such an amazing work. 
we hope to see you shining even more brighter in the future as well glad to help in any way <laughs> thank you so much for your wishes thanks a lot